I learned from something, mm. right? So I learned whether or not if I was working and undervalued myself, like on a project that I charged that, okay, then I need to like make sure I do this right the next time. If I learned something from a relation, a building, I had put a lot of faith into a company. I could say there's two companies mm. and one of them really failed me miserably. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. This episode is sponsored by A. Stotts Academy online course, How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market. I wrote this course for those who want to go from feeling frustrated, intimidated, or overwhelmed by the stock market to become confident and in control of their financial future. Go to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals to claim your discount now. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guest, Rachel Beck. Rachel, are you ready to rock? I'm ready to rock and roll, and I've been smiling the whole time, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Can't wait. So let me tell the audience a bit about you. Rachel is the author of Finding Your Way, When Life Changes Your Plans, a memoir of adoption loss of motherhood, and remembering home. She's living in Des Moines, Iowa, and is a rising voice in the movement of women's storytelling. Her story is rooted in a cross-cultural adoptive family love story unlike any other. Lifted by wings, strengthened through struggle, Rachel's story flies in the face of society's expectations for women to look a certain way and slip comfortably into the American dream. Rachel, take a moment and fill in further tidbits about your life and maybe tell us a little bit more about the story and your book. Yeah, Andrew, it's really, my story is very interesting. It's very complicated. It begins in a remote village in India, a very small area in India in the state of Tamil Nadu in Southern India. My biological mom died two days after giving birth. There's a man, we're not sure if he was his father or not, tried to take care of me. I was extremely sick, so he brought me over to the founder of an orphanage, and she, I stayed in her home. She had other children in there, and she took care of me until I was adopted. The orphanage is still there today, and I go there. When I go to India, I stay there, and part of the proceeds of the book are going back to the orphanage. It is my destiny, right? I've been trying to find my way. I'll be in, I'm in my mid-40s, and I'm just finding my way right now. It's a story of resilience. It's a story of never giving up. It's a story of never quitting. It's a story of never accepting what people expect us to be and to be who we want to be, which you, you and I both know that applies to many different areas in life. I've learned to let go of expectations. I've learned to let go of what people think because you and we can't control what people think of us we can only just be us it's a story of survival I've almost died three times in my life so I don't take anything for granted I get up and I'm grateful every single day <laughs> that's what it comes it's a story I've had battled a disease for 20 years I battled endometriosis I've lost a child through pregnancy I've had a failed adoption where I met a baby girl and that fell apart and that door of motherhood, you know, I closed many years back. I also three years ago had to have a hysterectomy due to 
a medical medical reasons. So it's about reinventing yourself, mm. right? I had to reinvent myself as a woman all over again. And I've had to go through identity all over again. It is not easy being a Jewish Indian woman in America. Mm. I face a tremendous amount of racism, deal with anti-Semitism. So it's putting that like protective shield around me and saying, okay, you can get through this. Wow. That's, uh, that's intense, what you went through. It's interesting. I, I had shivers going down my spine as you were talking. One of the things that we have in somewhat in common is that there was a place that I lived when I was young, when my life fell apart. It was not an orphanage, but it was a place for young kids. It was a, a rehabilitation place called New Directions. And it was also started by a woman named Nikki Babbitt. She started it about almost 40 years ago. She passed away a long time ago, but that place is still there. And that is where I got sobriety. I got clean, you know, and stopped, got off of drugs. And I stayed there for seven months. And my counselor, meaning I left there in 1983, my counselor at that time is now the director of that program. So he's been there the whole time. He's actually been a podcast guest. And it's that connection that I made through there. I mean, I like to say that I got a chance to reboot like a computer. And that place gave me the chance to reboot. And the visionary, Nikki, who started it, really gave me that chance. I took that chance, just as you did, with the opportunity that came. But I think it's a, it's a tribute to, and, and for the listeners out there, if you have a somewhat stable situation or you have, you've overcome challenges, working with young people who are struggling, who are struggling, whether it's with drugs, whether it's with family, whether it's with relationships, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, physical challenges, devoting just a little bit of time to those people can change the whole damn world because you touch one person and when you touch one person and you change the world, you change their world, they change the world into a better place. So really appreciate you know, your story, what you went through and where you are now. So I'm glad to have you on the show. Thank you. No, I feel really, you know, I was really, Andrew was adopted by a beautiful family. I was with them from 11 months on forward. When I go back to India, you know, I had like, you were talking about two different homes, right? So I'm Indian American, I'm American citizen. When I went back to India for the first time in 2013, I like my whole soul came alive. And I don't, I don't even know how better way to describe that, but it was, I had dreamed of going back to India my whole life and it's where I wanted to be. And so every time I go there, I have that experience. Mm. And you were talking about the woman who founded your place. So the woman who founded this orphanage and she has saved and she's passed away too hundreds and hundreds of children's lives so her ashes were flown back there and there's a tomb on the orphanage and they have a yearly event where they honor her so i got to go there and it was really powerful i Mm. sat cried and i thanked her for saving my life yep so it's a great lesson for all the listeners just give a little bit of time just give a little bit of time i remember in 1998 we had the asian crisis 
I almost lost everything. I lost my job. I almost lost our coffee business. And Dale, myself, my business partner, Dale, for the coffee business, had to live in the factory in a little room on the outskirts of Bangkok in a strange country we had moved to with very little resources, very little relationships there. And we were all alone. And then I lost my sister to cancer and I went into a depression. And what I did to get out of that depression is I went to a place called the Child Protection Foundation in Bangkok. And I just started playing with the kids. And I just decided I'm not going to really do anything. I'm not going to teach English or anything. I'm just going to come here and play with these kids and to see the tragedy in these kids' lives and yet the spirit of fun and positive energy and just energy in general really lifted me up to tell me just that little bit of time that I spent with them got them to smile. And it certainly got me to look at my life in a different light. So I challenge all the listeners. This is a great reminder for everybody to how can you touch a young person's life who is struggling? It may just be an hour of your time. It may be a month. It may be a year. But that little bit of time can change the world. It's planting that seed, right? You're planting that seed. This is something that Andrew, I don't know if you know this, for 10 years, I ran a photography business and I worked all over. And I would also, one of the things I loved about doing that is I was able to volunteer with charities to help them because obviously they needed the funding, but they couldn't get the money. We were talking about money for PR and marketing because they're non-for-profits. So that was one of the things I decided I wanted to do was to help them. And to see those faces and to tell this, I have like, I've walked into some places through my photography, most people will never step foot in. Mm. And I've had somebody with me, you know, for my protection. It's to tell the stories of what's really going on in this world. I don't believe in sugarcoating anything. Yeah. I really don't. Fantastic. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, Tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. Andrew, it really comes down to this. I would say the biggest mistakes I've made when it comes to investing is relationships. Comes Whether it's a friendship I've made or a business relationship that I've lined in, or I put my faith into some company and then they didn't deliver, that is what I say would be the worst things And I've learned from every experience. And we all make mistakes. We all make bad investments. But I learned from something, Mm. right? So I learned whether or not if I was working and undervalued myself, like on a project that I charged, that, okay, I need to like make sure I do this right the next time. If I learned something from a relationship, a building, I had put a lot of faith into a company. I could say there's two companies. Mm. And... One of them really failed me miserably, really, really miserably. So I learned from that lesson to not put in when it comes to business or a company that if they're saying we're going to deliver the sun, moon, and stars, that that might not necessarily be true. And if, so you, that take, was, if you take that, that particular case, let's say, and you look at it in hindsight, you see, but at the time you stepped into it, what was it that like attracted you in or what was it that got you into that where you now realize, oh, that was a mistake? My heart, it was an emotionally attached project. So, and everything I do is for my heart. 
But now what I would say when it comes more to business, I'm going to lead cognitively first and then let my heart go. <laughs> let my heart go. And that's why I was saying it comes down to relationships. That's exactly why. So now like I know I can, I'm an empath. So I feel everything. Like even our first conversation, I knew you were, you're a fantastic person and I wanted to do this with you. So I've learned that. I've learned, I'm very big on when it comes to business, like what you say, like your word is your bond. Like, you, you know, I told you four o'clock today, I will be here at four o'clock today. So that's another part of investment, right? Yep. You're not investing our time. Are you showing up? Are you investing in etiquette? Are you conducting yourself in the best way? These are all things that people can invest invest in right now in the middle mm -hmm. of this pandemic. That's really, really important. Yep. So if, if you would summarize for the person out there who is maybe more emotional or they don't know that much about business and they're, they're jumping in with all this excitement, how would you summarize the lessons you've learned from these mistakes? Look for the lessons. Look for the red flags. If something is too good to be true, then that's probably your answer right there. If something if it looks if it looks like like sun moon stars it's probably not yep. so i've learned to keep my eyes open more i've learned and i have to say this anyway, i can't i i have four incredible role models in my life who ran very successful businesses made it and you know giving back to this world so they've taught me everything i need to know mm. i think it's important for people to ask for help I think the ego gets in the way of that for people. Right. I have people I can reach out to for help. And I think that's crucial. We all need help. And we all definitely need help during this pandemic. We are all doing this without that social interaction, without that board meeting. Mm. You know, I'm grateful we have technology, don't get me wrong, but it's not the same as you and I sitting down and having a cup of coffee right now in your coffee shop. <laughs> so take the time. Are you investing in relationships right now? I tell my network this all the time. Are you taking the time to build that relationship? Mm. Right now, I'm investing in building the relationships and I'm teaching my network, build the relationships. You have no excuse not to do that. When I was 18 years old, I was taught, it's not what you know in business, it's who you know in business. That's what I was taught. Yep. You can have the foundation, you know, we can read the books, we can do everything. But you know what, Andrew, I learn something every single day. And I never stop myself from learning. I'm in a constant state. I'm very thirsty for knowledge. So I'm in this constant state of, of soaking it. I go to like the experts in the field. I've been introducing them to people on my network. Hey, you know, you're going to come on. Hey, meet Andrew. This is the advice he's going to give you. Yep. Build the relationships, invest in the relationship. Perfect. So here's a few things that I take away from your story. And that is, I would like to title my little discussion here, the intangibles of business. A lot of times we look at the tangibles, you know, the numbers and all that. But what you're talking about is that there's certain intangibles in business. And the first one that you talked about was the idea of your emotion. And I would say emotion, intuition, on the one hand, we need, now remember that intuition is different from emotion. Intuition is that, that moment that you have that fleeting feeling. This is right, this is wrong. So first of all, what I've learned from this podcast is that we must try to be in tune and pick up the signal from our intuition. But our intuition is different from our feeling. 
Now, feeling goes longer, deeper, stronger. But the point is, is that in business, we have to think of, to some extent, logic over emotion. Sometimes we have to put the emotion down and focus on the logic of it. The second thing that I think about that I always say is an intangible in business that people, we don't learn in school, and that is trust. Business is based upon trust. You know, we sign contracts and all that, but that's really to say we agree that this is what we're going to do for each other. And it's not only a relationship on trust by that contract, it's a relationship of trust and money that, hey, I'm going to, you know, you're going to pay me for doing this and you owe me this and you're going to pay me as soon as you hit this deadline. And, you know, there's so much trust involved. And in fact, a lot of this COVID situation and the shutdown of economies really pushed that trust to a limit. You know, it really pushed it very, very hard. So trust is another thing that I think is critical. And the last lesson for me is the idea of having the team around you, the mentors or the, the people around you. For me, I have a small group that I call my core four. And there's four core people in that, including me. So there's four of us. And those are my kind of brain trust, the people that I've basically been with and working with and friendships with for 20 to 40 years. And so that's my core four. And maybe I'll just share my goal for this year. This year for 2020, my goals are to focus, to deepen, and to attract. And what I mean by focus is I mean my highest priorities are clear and I work on them daily. What I mean by deepen, it means I bring value, I bring more value to my efforts and to my relationships. And so when it comes to attractive, I say, I attract good things and good people. So I develop like a mantra every year and then I try to to speak that out. And so I just share that. But the one thing I would say is that I want to increase the time that I spend with the core four. What I'm saying is double it per week. That means more time on the phone with them, more time listening to them, more times getting together. And then my other thing about Deepen is I want to bring one new person per month into my inner circle. And that's my challenge for this year. And that's not easy because it is based upon trust and all that. But this just thought it would be a good thing to share. So anything that you would add to what I take away from your story? Yeah, I would say the biggest lesson, Andrew, it's really crucial right now is for people to be professional. I think it's really, really crucial. I think that you have to even put that step, you have to step into it almost even more yep. because it's how everything is going to flow. But if you're not, just because we're in a virtual world right now, it doesn't mean everything else goes away. And that is something that I, I think is crucial for people to understand. Mm. For example, you said, be here at four. I'm here. <laughs> like, it's a professional thing to do. Why? Because it's a matter of respect. I respect your time. You respect mine. You're a wonderful communicator. Let me, let me say that first and foremost. You're wonderful at communication. And that's a skill that I deeply, deeply value in people is communication. So this is not the time to stop being professional. Mm, great. Not the time to slack off on being professional either. And that's the truth, Andrew. You, you know it and I know it. Like, yeah. Well, you know, it's a time that I would say to prove yourself as someone who is reliable during the time of turmoil. So here's your chance. Sometimes you're not going to have money. Sometimes you're not going to be able to pay that bill. Sometimes you're not getting the customers. 
if you honestly deal with the people around you and say, this is my current situation, I'm not going to run away, but I can't pay this right now, but I'm working on it and you will eventually get it. That type of communication is the type of professional communication that builds lasting relationships. And coffee. And coffee. (laughs) And coffee. Absolutely. Over a cup of coffee. Absolutely. Well, I had my morning espresso, so I have a lot of energy today. So next question, based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn in your life, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Do the research. Do the research and do more research. I very much invest time into researching. Do it and then do it more. I think that that is really, really important. It's interesting because I told you before the show and the audience knows that when I started this show, I asked people in my network if they'd share a story and I got 500 stories sent to me, written stories. And being an analyst, I decided I'd group them into different categories and analyze them. And I came up with six common mistakes that people make. And the number one most common mistake is people fail to do their research. So Rachel's giving us a great reminder that it's critical in business and in life before you take that step that you do the research. Last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? My goal, Andrew, is to keep lifting people up. That's my goal. I made this decision in March when this pandemic started, that that's what I was going to do. It's to shine a light on people in my network to tell their stories, to give them that chance, to give them the platform to get out there to do it. So that's my goal. And I want to continue to do that. Let's all keep lifting people up. Listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com slash deals to claim your discount now for my how to start building your wealth, investing in the stock market course. As we conclude, Rachel, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Can't wait to have some coffee. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's coming. All right. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create grow and protect our well fellow risk takers this is your worst podcast host andrew stott saying i'll see you on the upside